Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Point of Insanity Game Studios Geekery in General podcast. I am Al, and today I'm going to take you on another 8-bit flashback. As always, the video version of this episode will be available on Point of Insanity Game Studios' YouTube channel, and the audio can be downloaded either through Podbean or through iTunes. If I had to choose one video game that made me want to get a Nintendo Entertainment System when I was younger, it is without a doubt The Legend of Zelda. Of all the games I played when I was a child, few still hold the same sense of magic for me as Zelda does. As an adult, I am fortunate I have had the opportunity to pass the same sense of wonder and magic to my own son. I would like to take you back to the early 80s. Video arcades were at the height of their popularity, and crowds of people flocked to their local arcade to enjoy classics like Pac-Man, Space Invaders, and Donkey Kong. This was expensive, of course, and there was a reason we called arcade games quarter munchers back then. Home gaming had grown in popularity as well, with systems like the Atari, ColecoVision, and Intellivision. Many of the games from this era had basic goals, like to get to the other side of the screen or to clear out all the enemies. This was a time of simple gameplay, but these games were entertaining, and many are still fun to play even in an age of complex storylines, highly customizable characters, and super realistic graphics. But how was it that I came to be hooked on The Legend of Zelda? One year, my family went to visit my cousin during spring break. Usually, we stayed at a local hotel. On this trip, I asked if I could sleep over at his house instead. That night, he showed me his NES. We stayed up into the night playing games like Super Mario Bros., Duck Hunt, and Castlevania. But the game that caught my attention was The Legend of Zelda. Everything about this game stood out for me, and it wasn't just the cartridge's shiny gold exterior. The instruction manual was far more detailed than any other I had seen at this time. It was more like a work of art than just a list of instructions. It told the story behind the game, and had a wealth of other information about the equipment our hero Link could find, as well as the enemies he would face. But what caught my attention most was the music and the gameplay. It was unlike anything I had seen before. Most of the games I played at this time were simple side-scrollers and arcade-style games where the action took place on the same screen. But The Legend of Zelda was different. Our hero wasn't just running from one side of the screen to the other. He had a world to explore. Our hero also had an inventory to help him on his quest. At that time, I had seen nothing like this. The closest games to Zelda I had played were Adventure and Raiders of the Lost Ark for the Atari 2600. Raiders of the Lost Ark featured a crude inventory system 
an adventure allowed the player to freely explore a fantasy world of castles and mazes. The Legend of Zelda combined these two features of exploration and inventory management perfectly, thanks to improving video game technology. The Legend of Zelda not only had a vast overworld to explore, but a series of dungeons as well. Each dungeon featured its own challenges, with enemies that grew stronger as the game progressed and bosses that required their own strategy. Some of these bosses could not be defeated by Link's sword alone, which required the player to make use of the other weapons he found during the game. The music stood out for me as well. Zelda's instantly recognized overworld theme is a rousing piece that perfectly complements the sense of adventure that The Legend of Zelda conveys. It doesn't get stale, even after listening to it for a long play session. To this day, it stands as one of the most iconic pieces of video game music. The legacy of Zelda's overworld theme has continued as it has been reused in many of the games in the series. But why did The Legend of Zelda strike a chord with me and many other gamers back then? I think it is because Zelda works on different levels beyond its innovative, for the time, gameplay. At the start of the game, Link is weak and inexperienced. He is thrust into a world of adventure where he battles monsters, solves puzzles, and acquires new treasures. In the end, he defeats Gandalf and emerges as a hero. It is a coming-of-age story. We can relate to Link on that level because many of us first started playing video games as children, but we knew there would come a day when we needed to move on from the innocence of youth and on to the responsibilities of adulthood. Many years after the release of Zelda, I heard about an interview with the game's designer, Shigeru Miyamoto. He recalls that he drew inspiration for The Legend of Zelda from his experiences as a child exploring the countryside around his home. He remembered exploring fields, forests, and caves. This is something I could relate to from my own childhood. When I was younger, I enjoyed taking walks and going into the woods near my house. My family would also go on the occasional camping trip with groups of friends during the summer. I would often explore the trails with my sister and the other children we went camping with. That is part of the excitement of playing a Zelda game, especially for the first time. There is the feeling of wonder and excitement that comes from exploration and making the unknown known. There are always secrets waiting to be discovered, and you never know what you will find under each rock or bush. It appeals to the wanderlust many of us felt as children as we wanted to know what lay over the next hill or what was in the middle of the forest. It goes far beyond being just an enjoyable game. It tells a timeless story of growth and discovery that we don't just experience, but relate to. And perhaps that is why The Legend of Zelda's popularity has continued through the years.